Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. Welcome, it's Monday, February 22nd, here live, yes, it's live, with Brandon and Craig. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. Doing swell. We do a daily podcast, so it feels like I see you guys a lot, but we recorded one early on Friday, so we actually recorded Thursday, so man, I, I feel like I haven't seen you guys for a long time, it's weird, it's only yeah. been like Thursday and Monday, it's been kind of strange. Yeah, a lot of content uh, for you guys over the weekend, uh, we're experimenting, we tried to take a Friday show on Thursday where we talked about Mount Rushmore, it was fun. I only anticipated us going like 20 minutes. I think we ended up going 50, but we had a lot of fun debating who was going to be on Mount Rushmore. And, hey, give us some ideas. Well, we may try that again uh, where you guys have content each day, but we do something a day earlier. Uh, it was interesting, guys. I, I post on various message boards and Ohio Facebook groups. And I was telling you guys over the weekend, a lot of strange responses. I want to address this really quick. Hey, Ohio. If we're doing a Ohio Mount Rushmore, the what do you call it? The assumption, right, should be that they're from Ohio, right? Or they've done something Ohio, or they've been instrumental in Ohio. Does that just make sense, to you guys? That that sounds I, like it would make sense. Yeah. Yes, because over the weekend, and maybe this is where we're at. Everyone was like, "Yes, Jesus and the disciples should be on the Ohio Mount Rushmore," and hey. I'm pro Jesus, no problem with Jesus. But if we're doing Ohio Mount Rushmore, Jesus didn't live in Ohio. Now I'm sure he's everywhere. We understand that part, but Jesus shouldn't be on there. Now the apostles had an address in Ohio. Uh, Donald Trump, I, I think he was involved in some shady real estate deal in Cincinnati. He wasn't really in Ohio, so let's just calm down. Listen to the podcast. I, I was actually impressed. There were some people that picked good candidates, like. One guy was arguing for Neil Armstrong. He said Neil Armstrong should have been there. Uh, one guy said the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm like, well, that's not as an inanimate object. That's not really <laughs> people. But <laughs> but compared to Jesus and Donald Trump, good answers. At least it was something associated mm -hmm. with Ohio. So I don't know. It was interesting. So, yeah. So listen to the podcast. We don't want to give away who we picked. Some controversial choices and um, – Poor Tecumseh, I'll just put it like that. That'll be the only <laughs> nugget I'll drop from the podcast. So, um, Yeah, but a lot of great content over the weekend. Uh, Craig was um, reviewing Framing Britney Spears. You got to check out Britney. Made me think about it on NBC on Saturday Night Live. They used to do a vintage Saturday Night Live. And smartly, they did a Britney Spears episode. So, yeah, Britney's in the news. Craig's reviewing them. NBC's dropping old Britney Spears SNL appearances. <laughs> I, I haven't oh. uh, dared to watch that framing Britney Spears because, like, I lived it back in '05 yes. or whenever it was. It was, and it, it was like my grandmother was already doing, uh, giving the commentary for framing Britney. She's like, oh, the media. It's like <laughs> she's like everyone. Everyone misunderstands her. It's well, like JT's a horrible person. Um, she was already she was ahead of her time, and uh, um, I don't my, want to live through that again. <laughs> I'm going to put my brood, my prude hat on for a second. You know, part of the thing, you know, they over sexualized Britney way too early. 
Okay, and it, to me that was part of the problem. But then if you look at her Twitter, I I, I was tagging it for um you know Craig's review of her weekend, and she's almost naked in her Twitter picture. I mean, I, I'm not expecting her to wear an old granny shirt and everything, but you know we're all and, and yes, the media kind of screwed Britney Spears a lot, but it's like come on, Britney, learn. I mean, you don't have to be a granny dress, but you know don't be naked on on your Twitter thing. I, I'm approved. I'm getting that look from both Brandon and Craig going, you're 80. Live get off my lawn. Yeah, get off my lawn. Live a little. <laughs> Let Brandon be hey. scaly clad. Why not? Yeah. Sex sales, Chris. That's just, just, that's just how, you know, that's just how the culture is, you know? Right. It, it, I'll be honest with you. I haven't seen the frame of Britney Spears thing, but if any of the things were like they were sexualized, or it's like, okay, learn Britney. But I, uh, it, I mean, okay. I'm just saying, like, my experience was is you know because my folks they they got their news through television and mm-hmm. so they had it scheduled to where we would watch they would watch and I would be in the room now and then whenever I was working on homework or reading my a book in my room so I didn't do this religiously with them but at, you know entertainment tonight at seven and then Access Hollywood at seven thirty and it was just uh, it was just like um, uh. Latest Britney thing, latest Lindsay thing, and then um, on top with a dash of Billy Bush and doing Pierce's yeah. latest venture with Donald Trump. Oh, um, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, when John Oliver and last week tonight did a whole mesh of Billy Bush um, with Donald Trump scenes from Max's Hollywood Days, I recognized almost all of them, <laughs> and I was <laughs> yeah. just like, "What?" I'm like, "God help me!" I had no, I had no life. My family had no life. So just... <laughs> well. It- at work on Saturday, I used to put some old YouTube videos on entertainment myself, and I got an old Regis Philbin rabbit hole where I was like listening to a bunch of Regis, and it was <laughs> funny. And again, you know, Regis, he's passed. I don't know what his relate. I'm not trying to cancel Regis, but man, Regis and Donald Trump were close. There's a lot of appearances where Regis like, hey, went out with Donald Trump last night, and they actually did a <clears> Christmas <throat> album together. I never it was really weird. I was going through this old rabbit hole going, man, why am I here? You know, it's kind of strange. Um, other content over the weekend. Um, today I got a review of Judas and the Black Messiah. So we, you know, we got some reviews from Craig, also Bob Garver. Uh, let's see what else was going on this weekend. Oh, we also had yesterday a food podcast. Um, Joe Frost, uh, Paul Yanchek and I. Not much to talk about in the series these days, um, so we're trying to get extra content out there. So we did a one-off food podcast where I vented about pizza bowls and uh, oh, the protein bowls, and we vented about a bunch of other stuff. So that's up there if you want it. Um, today, I'm warning you guys, um, we're trying to upload podcasts on our feed as soon as we do them. There's going to be a massive content dump on the podcast, so I apologize ahead of time. Uh, got a bunch of good interviews scheduled today uh, with various people. Uh, we have a first movie club edition where we're looking at Titanic 2. There's a Steelers podcast. And for those of you who want to catch up with movies, Bob Garver will be back on talking about movies, and it should be very interesting. So, yeah, a lot of good content. And, again, check out our sponsors, Chase Bank, Manly Man uh, Company, Dropbox, and man, I'm looking at Brandon without cracking up. So I, I've learned it over the weekend. I am doing it. I, I, I've matured. It's been fantastic. So check out our sponsors. Click the link. It's the best way of helping us out. I'm very excited about all the subscribers. Thank you for subscribing to the podcast. I made it easier. Uh, starting today, we're going to have individual links for each of our eight uh, podcast providers. There was some question about, well, you go to this link to subscribe. What do you do next? Well, all of our eight providers, we have separate links. You go right to the page, you can easily subscribe. So hopefully that answers that question too. My goodness, we are taking so much to talk about, so much to, to promote. But we got to talk about today's show. So a lot of interesting stuff happening today. Um, what did talk originally? This has been out for a couple of days ago, but there was an arrest in Cincinnati for drugs. And obviously, you know, with drugs being illegal and everything, you're trying to find unique ways of trying to smuggle them into the state. Well, one guy decided to do it via cereal, specifically Frosted Flakes. It was interesting. Um, Brandon, uh, I, I never heard of this before. Are, are you surprised? Uh, have you seen a uh, drug smuggling via Frosted Flakes. That's a new one. 
uh, in terms of creativity, uh, you know, just, you know, how many, you thought Hollywood have by now figured this, maybe have done a movie about this. Maybe they have, but it must be a really B rated film, B film that you never saw the light of day. But yeah, <laughs> this just cracks me up. I'm, uh, it's kind of horrifying to see serial, uh, um, uh, sacrilegiously treated this way. So. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, 44 pounds of cocaine cereal, and I guess there was a shipment of cereal from South America, surprise, surprise, and um, the cereal is worth $2.82 million. and again, the cocaine, not just the cereal itself. Um, it was headed to a private residence in Hong Kong. That's kind of interesting. So it was going from, from South America to Cincinnati to Hong Kong. Um, Craig, are, are you going to be nervous to eat Frosted Flakes now? Uh, or are you going to be afraid that there might be some cocaine under Frosted Flakes? Well, I mean, it would probably be a pretty big pick-me-up if you uh, were to eat the cocaine Frosted Flakes. But yeah, this is kind of a unique thing. I've, I've never heard of uh, you know cereal being used to be soaked in cocaine. I wonder then if you just, I mean, do you just grind it all up and then sell it? Or, I mean, can you get it off of the cornflakes somehow and then you know just you know distribute it the way yeah. you want i mean i don't know how you do this but it's certainly something i've never seen before but i would imagine that when you're trying to you know push through 44 pounds of cornflakes through customs or wherever that someone's going to be a little suspicious that you're sending 44 pounds of cornflakes somewhere so probably not the smartest idea uh, I'm a think, <laughs> what's that i mean if you love cereal hey yeah, I, I might but, do forty-four pounds of cereal boxes one yeah. day. I mean, it's great. I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe Cincinnati has you know great exporting of cereal. I don't know, but uh, sending forty-four pounds of cereal to Hong Kong would probably raise a few red flags, I would imagine. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I might you know avoid the frosted flakes for a little while just to make sure. Well, and Brandon, I'm kind of curious. I, I, I know we're not up on our our drug shipment protocol, but why can't you just ship it straight to Hong Kong? Why are you going through Cincinnati? That seems to be a weird weird layover. I mean, it's a shipment. It's not like you're flying from South America to Hong Kong. The layover's in Cincinnati. I, I'm, I'm not sure why that, that's the case. I'm not a logistics expert, but I'm sure there's a logistical um, logistics reason for that. Um, yeah. All I'll say about the breakfast thing real quick is, you know, they could rebrand it as Coke Fest. <laughs> Coke yeah. Fest, your, your pick-me-up for the day or something. I don't know. Some jingle, most some jingle most important that. meal. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm guessing. <laughs> Energy for the day. I'm guessing they're taking, I mean, I, <laughs> this is great. We're giving drug tips out to people. So, hey, kids, turn this <laughs> podcast off first. But, you know, obviously, you know, I guess cocaine goes for the nose. That's the preferred inhalant for it. But. Could you eat the cocaine? Like, I guess you would get the same high off it. Because you're not scraping the cocaine. Off I have the never plate, done so it. So I've, seen, seen it there, right? I've, I've seen I've seen fictional takes where someone you know snorts and then they eat the eat some of the cocaine like like the the last bit or I don't know. It's rub it on their uh, teeth. The way it's mouth, dra- yeah. Huh? What the, the way it's dramatized? Yeah. It's, Do we know any cocaine know users real. we could get on the show? <laughs> <laughs> put our request on Facebook. Do you use cocaine? We'd love to talk to you. You know, give us a call. But I, I, yeah, yeah. If anybody uh, wants to out themselves as a cocaine user, hey, come on the show. Help us I answer mean, that question. Yeah. I mean, you could consume it. I don't know if he'll do anything. I mean, Coca Cola was once upon a time made with cocaine, from what I've I've heard. Fact yeah. check me on that. But uh, um, yeah. So. Because I was thinking about this over the weekend, like when we talk about like vaccines, like COVID, like if you don't want the COVID shot, like if, if you're not anti-vaccine, but just anti-shot like I am, could you ingest it in a different way? Like, can you drink the COVID vaccine? Well, it looks like it looks like okay, I'm, I'm on drugabuse.gov and it does oh, give, okay. like primary ways to, to use it. Now, granted, I'm hopefully I don't get like, you know, people busting through my window that I'm researching this. But um, it looks like, you know, obviously snorting is probably the most common, you know, oh, use. Yeah. then you can also rub it. You can rub, rub the drug on your gums for oral use. You can dissolve cocaine in water and inject it 
um, that releases it directly to the bloodstream. It actually heightens the intensity of its effects. So I, I don't know that I've ever heard of anybody injecting cocaine, though. But um, I guess I guess you know the rubbing it on the gums is you know a way to get it into your bloodstream or into your body as well. That actually works if you don't want to use your nose, I suppose. Now, one of half the problem is like for mail system. I mean, you know, we've done stories of Gannett about how, like, when you send a Christmas card, it's ridiculous because you'll send it from one spot in Akron to another spot in Akron, but they track it and it goes through like Texas or something before it gets to Akron. Like, it goes all over the place. Maybe it's because of our shipment system, why it's going from South America to Hong, the Cincinnati to Hong Kong. It just seems to be a weird mix. So, is there like a? I mean, I just wonder if there's like a direct. Like, where does it go from Cincinnati before it gets to... I mean, it's not going to go straight to Hong Kong, so where does it go? I mean... What? I, I, probably New York American, or something. Yeah, I think using, it's their mail system, yeah. Using, like, river systems, or are they just, like, yeah. you know, very strange. Because right now, there's some guys in South America going, darn shit, man, I can't believe it goes from Cincinnati <laughs> to, you Actually, know, New York to... It make more... It's just weird, because it should go to... go. Actually, not New York, I was thinking. It should go to the West... Wouldn't it be yeah. faster to go west coast? Yeah. So maybe it was heading to the west, and then that, it would be a skip <clears> and a hop over the seas to go to Hong Kong. But uh, if well, I'm, my geography's right, <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of wondering if the mail goof ups and everything are they just so we can track if we're shipping other stuff there? Because that probably answers our question. Because like in the past two months, there's a lot of uh, upset people going. You know, it takes me forever to ship something for the mail and. You know, during the election time, people were like, oh, are they underfunding the election system so you can't vote by, by mail or anything? Well, maybe they're underfunding the, the vote, the mail system so we can track these packages better, right? Okay. So if you send the Christmas card to Grandma and you got some cocaine there, there's a better chance someone could track it, right? Yeah. I wonder if they thought, like, hey, we're, we'll soak this cereal with cocaine and it'll get through. Like, I mean, dog sniffing, you know, they can sniff drugs on anything. I don't know that, you know, do you think that people are going to be like, oh, that's just cereal? You know, yeah. I mean, it's it's going to have an odor for the dog to smell no matter what. I'm surprised. I'm surprised they didn't sneak it in dog food. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, wait. oh, he, it's, it's, a, it's Fido's favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Shoot. Well, well, you gotta find a better way because I used to watch like Locked Up Abroad. Some I don't know if that was the exact name of it, and you know I spent some time in South America. And it was cool because they had all these shows about these Americans that were paid off to bring drugs back, but they brought drugs back in their suitcase, like very yeah. non sneaky, and they got arrested. And they would end up spending the rest of their life in a South American jail, and South American jails are different than our jails. And, you know, it was kind of the premise of the show, but so the guy gets smarter, guys. You know what I mean? Instead of just throwing it in some unsuspecting tourist, you know, suitcase, you, you gotta, you know, coat cereal with there, do something else. You know? Yeah, it's gonna be getting pretty hard to to come up with ideas. This is the first time I've ever heard of cereal being used. So, I mean, I've seen just about everything. I've seen. You know, I've done I've done stories where people have hit it up their rear end. I've done people, yeah, you know, stories where people have hit it up their front end. Um, so, you know, this is this is a first for me, and I think I've seen most of where you could hide drugs. So, this is an interesting an interesting story to say the least. Yeah, I just get grossed out about that because anytime something has been there, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's just like wouldn't that make it like twenty percent less value or ninety percent less valuable because like. <laughs> Yeah. It's valuable to them, right? That's, right. that's all guess. that matters. But to the user, it's, gonna, it's kind of <clears> crazy, well, and they don't but know where it's at. It's almost a brilliant idea because it's on frosting on cereal flakes, like frosted flakes. You know, you're not putting on checks or anything. You're putting on, you know, frosted flakes. So there's white stuff on anyway. So I don't know. It was an interesting story. I'm afraid the last 15 minutes we're going to be accused of giving drug tips. But no, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was. You, you don't see that stuff every day. It's pretty good. So, one of the briefly talked about this. I know, you know we talked a lot of COVID on the show, but there was a story over the weekend talking about you know some frustration with you know the appointment setting for these COVID vaccines. Um, we're out there. Um, 
and you know, last week, and Brandon, I think you were off that day, I kind of vented about we're losing patience with COVID-19, where we want COVID-19 to be done now. So we get a little weird and we start yelling at each other and everything. We got to be patient. But, you know, I think at the same time, Brandon, I'm looking at a story like this and saying, if we're making a big deal from the federal level to the local level, the state level and everywhere else saying, hey, you need to get a vaccine. I wish there would be a better system in place where, and it goes back to the, I guess the IT arguments we had the other day about saying, let's get the better system so we can encourage people to get the vaccine and they can actually go get it. It sounds like there's a lot of confusion, not just with the IT part, but just with people understanding what the process is. Is there any way we can make this better? Uh, do IT better. Um, um, you know, it's, it's kind of, uh, at this point, it's just trying to get as many vaccines out as, as possible roll out. I don't know exactly what we could do, could have done better. I mean, other than, you know, having some sort of coordinate, coordinated national effort. Um, so for the past year, we've done it more of a decentralized way of, you know, every state for themselves, I guess, and trying to come up with their own ways of rolling out the vaccine. Um, you know, some tips I just love to share with, with viewers here is how some people I've seen got the vaccine already is, you know, you know, just join, have a group of friends and family members work together, like look at drugstores and COVID vaccine sites repeatedly, um, you know, give information and cell phone number in case, you know, you hear they have vaccines um, and then tell friends, family and social media by text that uh, you're seeking leads to find the vaccine. Um, yeah. Get on every list drugstores, my chart for your health plan, county, city vaccines. Um, and then Monday mornings apparently are a good time to check um, uh, are because like that's when vaccines are being scheduled for the week. So just plug in a lot of zip codes. And also, um, you know, you can sign up for Walgreens courtesy card and others can get an appointment when one pops up. Um, and just don't wait for them, hear from them and keep, but keep checking online. But really this is the key thing key tip here I want to share is that um, show up late in the day at drugstores to see if there are leftovers from people who did not show up because um, this happens frequently from what we hear and you know those vaccines expire so it's important that um, um, you know um, that you, you might be able to uh, get that vaccine since a person who was scheduled for it uh, for some reason or another decided not to get it that day so um, Good um, those are just some tips I want well, can you send me a link? I'll include that in the show notes, too. That, yeah, that's good tips. This um, was shared, like, on a personal Facebook page, oh, okay, uh, a okay. Facebook post, but um, okay. uh, just, like, something I came across. But oh, okay. um, happy to get, I'll get a screenshot for you. How about that? Yeah, yeah, share I share that. share that. Yeah, definitely. No, that's good. Um, <clears throat> well, well, here's what's confusing me from what you said. And what you said was good advice, but so – like the story talks about we're in Ohio 1B here in Ohio, which says, hey, if you're 65 and up, you can get the shot. Well, but using your what you just told me, Brandon, so people like us who are in our 30s and 40s and whatever, if we go to the drugstore at the end of the day, is it possible we can get vaccinated if there's leftovers? Even though we're not sixty-five, that's, that's, what I'm that's my that was my question. Yeah, I, I I don't I but you know what I would think if you are not the in the eligible age range and you show up for a vac for a leftover vaccine, um, I can't imagine them saying no because if it expires at some point, they have to put it in. It's better to put it in someone's arm than no arm. I just think that's the logic. But unless of course to say, hey, if you know someone in your your and the eligible age range. Um, but I, I felt like that would, that just takes a lot of time and coordination on that front. So, um, but so maybe um, that's, what's really tough about this is um, we're rolling it out by age because we want to make sure our vulnerable <laughs> population gets this first. Um, and um, we were having a whole discussion last week about, you know, schools kind of jumping the line and not really, um, taking advantage of opening reopening schools so i mean it's just very it's a lot of a lot of a lot of uh t tough decision making on our for our leaders to say who should get the vaccine first um but 
this will all got get smooth smoothed over by because by the end of April, by the end of March, I'm hoping to see people in our demographic and our gen in our in our age ranges to get the vaccine, start getting the vaccine too. Um, so it's just it's just we, you're right. We gotta be patient. <laughs> we've we've waited a week a year. Uh, a few months, a few weeks, uh, the re then till the end of this year is not going to make a difference. Well, and, and maybe too, and I'm, I'm sure the unemployment lines is busy with people asking about Ohio's unemployment issues, but, you know, just put the information on the website, uh, you know, make sure, sure that's there. I know, like, the one always talks about coronavirus.ohio.gov, but, you know, make sure it keeps updated with this stuff, and um, because I know sometimes CVS is hard to get a hold of. I mean, like I'll call CVS for something unrelated and even ask a simple question. You know, they're busy. They always answer the phone. So I don't know. Um, Craig, how would you do it? Well, I mean, right now it's almost like you've just got to wait until we get more vaccinations. And we've got what uh, somewhere between 180, 187 and 230,000 doses a week to vaccinate. 2.2 million Ohioans that are in that 1B phase. So I think that's probably why we haven't moved on. And it's it's gotten hard for Ohio to, to really, you don't want to plan something out and say, well, we're going to keep, you know, initially we were going to do the, you know, every week we were going to, you know, introduce a new age group or new health, you know, issues that would, would qualify someone for a shot. But we've kind of had to stop because we just don't have enough vaccinations. And I don't know that, you know, I know that they referenced a story here and, you know, in the, in, in this story where Tennessee, a grocery store clerk, just a normal grocery store clerk knows when it's their time uh, based on their schedule. But I, I kind of wonder if that rollout happens the same way their scheduling is because we would love to be able to vaccinate everybody and, and know and have everybody know that by the end of March, we're going to get down to the last adults. But it's just not not happening because we don't have the rollout that we need. And I, I kind of wonder if other states, even though they're maybe a little bit more organized with that, if it really ends up being that rollout the way they say it's going to roll out. Yeah, I like Brandon's idea, but maybe in your family, you know, yeah, there's a ton of great media out there. And, hey, we work for the media, so please support your local media. But maybe it's good, too, just to say, hey, you know, Uncle Bob or whoever that is in your family can't help you know, make sure we get signed up. Can you make sure, you know, can someone really identify what the proper vaccination information is in our area? Because each area is different and everything else. And I'm hoping, and you know, from the story, it sounds like Ohio's trying, but just keep simplifying it, keep making it easier. Uh, I know there's been a lot of talk lately to say, will NFL stadiums be able to use as max vaccination sites? I know Schottenstein Center, they used that in the past as a mass vaccination site. Because the other thing that kind of concerns me is when it comes our time, and, you know, we're younger, so, you know, we're not going to be able to get a vaccine today. But, you know, how do we make that whole process easier? Uh, my wife got her vaccine. She's a school teacher in Central Ohio. But she talked about, it. hey, it took a long time, which it takes a long time. We have to be patient. But but she's trying to figure out of how we make this whole process simpler for everybody. And I think that's why you've seen places like the Schottenstein Center, some of these NFL scenes being used, because they can take more people than your typical hospital waiting room or whatever case would be. So, should be interesting. Um, wanted to kind of go outside Ohio. I know we're the Highland, but we talk about news that affects Ohio. And over the weekend, we kind of missed this as we were taking the Friday off. Uh, Texas, it's getting worse. I've got some colleagues working at, working in Texas, and we meet with them each day, and, man, it's sad to hear their stories. They don't have water. You know, they don't have a bunch of stuff down there. Well, Ted Cruz, the senator in, in Texas, made some big news over the weekend. Um, Ted took a vacation. He wanted to go to Cancun, and, man, his friends ratted him out. I thought it was interesting. Um, his first thing was, hey, I'm just taking my daughters down to Cancun. We're dropping them off. We're taking them back. Well, they found out through his wife's text chain. Um, that his wife was asking friends to say, hey, we got to get out of here. Anybody want to come with us and everything else? And, man, Brian, what, what about her friends? I mean, what type of friends does she have when they, her friends on the text chain relay the text chain messages to the media? I thought that was kind of interesting. But I know, Brian, I, I've got torn thoughts on this. In some ways, a senator of the state isn't the first-line responder against 
stuff that's happening in the state. But I think the better answer is if you're in a public responsibility position, senator, representative, you know, dog catcher, whatever the case might be, and if you're swearing an oath to protect the people, if you're really putting that in practice, shouldn't you be there for the people, even though you're not like the main wire distributor? Or, or because I think one of the things that's making Ted Cruz look really bad here is you've got people like AOC. I know they're political rivals and they hate each other and everything else, but AOC is raising millions of dollars for people in Texas. And you can say, well, is it any of their jobs? But then on the other hand, I think it's showing not just your politics, but do you really care for people? And I know it's hard. I know it's hard for all of us to see what we can do. But it sounds like the empathy is just really being sh- not shown by Cruz in this situation. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, and people point out not just AOC, but, you know, Beto O'Rourke has done some, you know, consti- you know, um, work with Texans, like organizing, call, call calling, you know, thousands and thousands of tech, uh, resident Texans asking, hey, do you need what do you need? Well, water, food, uh, generators. Um, do you need to know where the next, where the where heat shelter is located? Um, this is sort of, um, you know, uh, I, it was a very bad political mistake. Um, bad, it was for bad, bad, bad calling. Um, but you know what? I've seen, I've seen um, some photos from down Texas uh, where uh, living rooms there's icicles dangling from. Uh, from um, the chandelier or the light fixture, um, you know, I, you know, it's uh, it is, you know, but you, you know, to your credit, you know, the a public official has to have like a certain standard that you know you can't you can't just treat it like some sort of executive, typical executive position where you can, you know, uh, quietly go to Cancun, I suppose. Um, but um, I am, but I am kind of a, a more fascinated. What fascinates me about the whole thing is just how aggressive political Twitter, sort of maybe even the anti-Trump Twitter, of course, has <clears throat> kind of gone after Cruz in a way. Um, not to say he just didn't deserve it at all. Just kind of, you know, for the last four years, we're kind of we've been, um, um, you know, it's just been one one challenge after another, one controversy after another, and it and now it's like this one. It just the story of like a, 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 a lone senator making this really dumb, dumb decision and just how it's captivated social media and traditional media. It's just, uh, seems strange. It seems a little, maybe it, it seems it's right. It's, it's, it's probably, uh, w- worthwhile, to, but man, it was the amount of, uh, attention just, um, seems over excessive to some degree, but you know, at the end of the day, politicians make dumb mistake, um, from a PR perspective, and um, you know, um, Texans will have to consider it in the at the polls. Well, and, and, just, and I think too, you know, Ted Cruz has really put himself out there. And I know we're in a politically charged environment where anybody would get criticism, but Ted Cruz got throws himself out there, and and, and you that's what I struggle with too. I, I think it's been a little excessive the let's rip on Ted Cruz, but he put himself out there, and does that attract more when you put yourself out there like that. You know, if he was like a Texas representative who didn't really say anything either way, yeah, he still gets criticism, but is he going to get as much criticism as Cruz? That's what I'm trying to put my hand around. I mean, mean? the Austin, the Austin mayor, um, a Democrat, and also, um, you know, they're they're kind of infractions maybe were not as bad as leaving your state when it's in a, a freeze emergency. But they, they, you know, there was not as much hot white rage as you know, I've seen about when Austin Mayor went to Mexico, um, went to a wedding in Mexico or some sort of event like that without, because despite COVID restrictions in place, right. um, maybe apples to oranges comparison, but um, I'm sure conservative Twitter just kind of had their like a one day field day with it. But I don't know. It's um, we I, I don't I don't like tribal. I hate tribes. And, you yeah. know, um, I think um you know, politicians are going to make make mistakes in some grave. And I think, like I say, I think, you know, top um, hats off to Beto O'Rourke for, you know, capitalizing on and saying, hey, I'm not an elected person. I, I didn't win. I didn't defeat Cruz in the last Senate election. 
but I'm still going to help out Texans and um, here. So, you know, you know, I don't, I, I just think it was a bad political miscalculation uh, for on Cruz's part. And I think it was a smart calculation for Beto to uh, take, take advantage of it. But um, <laughs> it, this is, I think it's also just another fun chapter to speak about um, the kind of politician Cruz's because he's not really well, li- he's not liked personally, uh, you know, um, by his own party. Um, John Boehner. This is an Ohio connection for you, Chris. Yeah, John yeah. Boehner, I think, even called him a miserable son of a bitch. I think yeah, that's. I think right. I have to go back and look that up, but I'm pretty sure he Boehner did not uh, um, did not like him. Uh, Lindsey Graham even said, like, you know, some joke about like, um, if you if you, someone killed T- Ted Cruz in the, on the Senate floor and they held the trial in in the Senate, there will be no convictions. I, I mean, that's <clears throat> really some. Uh, That speaks a lot about Cruz's character. Well, I think part of it is you put yourself out there. I mean, we talked about this last week, like with people on former President Trump, you know, why is the media coming after him? Well, you might be able to make an argument sometimes that it may be a little excessive, but Trump puts himself out there, and because you put yourself out there, you attract the criticism. Think of, like, Obama did that. Let's say Obama was now in Texas, and he took his family on vacation. Yeah, he'll probably catch some crap, but will he catch as much? Well, he might because people hate Obama, but I guess what I'm saying is somebody out there who didn't put themselves out there as much. Well, like you said about the Austin mayor. Yeah, what he did probably was even a little bit worse, but since he he hasn't put himself out there as a lightning rod for controversy, you don't hear as much about it. I don't know. I mean, it was, it's fascinating on that front, you know, a lot of Trump folk uh, supporters back in the early days of Trump, they all kept asking the media, why aren't you covering Hillary Clinton? And the media's response was Hillary Clinton's a private citizen. Donald Trump's the president. Um, today now though, it's kind of Trump is not the president anymore, but he's still newsworthy in the sense that he could run again in 2024. It's, 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 that's the kind of the weird reality we face and also another weird thing too is he's no longer got twitter um you know if he had twitter still he would still be in the news oh, yeah. um right. so i think that's the thing like political twitter i guess is my the point is it's starving for trump it, it really right. is it, it it just he was and he was he he drove political twitter into frenzies and then without that i think political <clears throat> twitter I, I i the rage on political twitter was palpable um so that's just my takeaways from it. So, um, Craig, feel free to chime in. I've talked too much. <laughs> no, I, I just the optics are, are terrible in this situation. And, um, you know, like you like you said, Chris, yeah, Ted Cruz isn't the number one go to person when, a, a, you know, a historical sort of issue goes on in Texas. But I think from his perspective, being there and helping and trying to, you know, to be sort of a mouthpiece for assisting Texas probably would have been a better, better play than, you know, taking a, va- a family vacation for a week or whatever. So it just, the optics are bad all around. And, you know, I think he's getting, you know, skewered here on, on Twitter and, you know, that's, that's what's going to happen when you do something like this, when you kind of duck and run after, you know, a really terrible event happening in your state, you know, whether you're the go-to person or not, you should still be there just to, to be there to assist or to be there to answer questions or to help or find solutions for why people are boiling snow to survive. Right. I, yeah, I agree with you. The optics are terrible and Ted Cruz has proven not to be the most sympathetic person in the world, not just on this, but on other situations. So <clears throat> yeah, I mean, Ted Cruz deserves all the snow we can throw at him right now for it. I, I wonder though, and I'm looking at my own life, and and yeah, I'm not a senator. I'm just a dopey journalist who podcasts on the side. I mean, that's, that's who I am right now. But I'm wondering, is there a sense of, as people, as a society, when crap happens, do we turn tail and run, or do we actually help? Like, I think about this, and this was, geez, probably about 10 years ago. I was living up in Westerville, and we, we had really bad... Um, power outage. I, I, Brandon, I, I don't know if you were here at the time. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, probably 10, 15 years ago, maybe. But we had, um, we were out of power for like a week, 10 days. And it was in the summer. It was 95 degrees. And I'm a big guy. And, you know, in the, su- in the summer, 
I want to be cool. I mean, I want to have a fan on. Like, even now, it's the middle of winter. I'm a little hot right now. So I got a fan over me, you know, going at me. And I was miserable that week. And I took every chance in the world. Like, I would hang out at work at night. You know, we had a small office because they had air conditioning. And they had ways I could just cool off and relax and everything. I, I ran away. Now, again, I wasn't a senator. But I, I guess what I'm wondering is, not just for Ted Cruz's sake, but for people's sake, should we be held to a higher standard to say, hey, when stuff happens, yeah, we got to take care of ourselves and we got to take care of our family. But how do we enact a, hey, how can we help out each other? Like, we're in the middle of COVID. Hey, I wave at my neighbors as I talk to them and everything else. But I haven't taken the opportunity to say, hey, are, are you okay? And I know we have to socially distance, but why can't we all do more to help? Well, yeah, Ted Cruz deserves all the criticism in the world. But if we're yelling about that, what are we doing in our own lives to say, hey, here's how we're caring about other people? Because, yeah, we're not senators, but I, I can understand people pointing the finger at us saying, all right, you know, Craig had 15 tweets ripping Ted Cruz, which, which I know you didn't do over the weekend. But say you did that. Well, what is he doing to help others other than just yelling about on Twitter? I, that's the thing I'm struggling with. I mean, any ideas on how to fix that? Well, I think that makes sense. I think what you're saying makes sense. Uh, You know, but in this case, you know, especially when you talk about like AOC raising money for Texas, I I think that it's something that Ted Cruz could be doing and it would, you know, wouldn't take a lot. And now I'm not saying that everybody's like going to jump at the chance to donate to help Ted Cruz or, you know, to support Ted Cruz. But, you know, it's kind of like a common, you know, sort of the common enemy thing where you may not like someone, but, you know, you're, you're in it together type of thing. Like, you know, I know that's sort of our Ohio, you know, mantra now, but I think if Ted Cruz were to come out and say, Hey, let's, let's gather up money. Let's donate money to help this cause. I think people would do it. Even people that maybe not like him. And, you know, I'm not saying that he needs to be out like, you know, shoveling snow or, you know, delivering water to people. It's, it's mostly just being a mouthpiece, you know, I mean, like, you know, like AOC has been or other other people have been for the state of Texas. And you would expect someone that represents the state to be out and about and, and, and doing whatever they can, whether that's being a mouthpiece or delivering water or doing whatever they can do. Yeah. And I guess even what I'm just saying in general is how do we as like, how can we resolve even like the three of us to say, Hey, is there something that we can do? And like in my neighborhood, I, I can't shovel everyone's driveway. I can barely shovel my own. I'm a big guy, I get sick if I do that. But but I guess what I'm saying is how how do each of us and how do each of our listeners just take a step to help somebody out? Because you know, we're going for COVID, Texas is going for COVID and the other stuff. And it may not be money. I know time's tough for everybody, we always <clears> donate <throat> money. But but I, I guess my takeaway is yeah. Ted Cruz is a scumbag. I'm not defending Ted Cruz, but how do we as people help resolve to, you know, help each other out? We had a discussion at church last night, um, socially distanced church group. I'm not going the other way and, you know, uh, masked up. We, we were very socially distanced. But it was interesting. We were talking about when do we make a stand, like, for our faith? And in the discussion – like a lot of it was self-centered. Like, when do I make a stand? Well, it's more of when do we make a stand to help other people out, you know? And sometimes I think we miss that as people. So I don't know. I thought it was interesting. Any other thoughts on Ted Cruz? You think yeah. we'll be able to get him on the show now? Or I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Well, I just say that, uh, first off, Craig, you're modest. You have the connections. Just make a call, make the calls. But um, <laughs> yeah. Craig's got all the connections. Craig knows everything. Craig secretly has Cruz on speed dial. It's, yeah, it's number nine. He just hits nine and, and boom. Um, uh, I, I guess well, I, not anymore. That's a smartphone. Excuse me. Has a a, 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 a widget that is a uh, Ted Cruz speed dial. Where he just taps on it and he's yeah. like, "Hey Ted, you got this. Uh, come on, the Ohioan. Yeah, <laughs> tell how much you love about love Texas. He knows um, Jim Jordan, Dan Tierney. He's got to be connected with Ted Cruz. Come on." <laughs> But yeah, uh, not one of not not a phone number that I need, I guess. Uh, at this point. Okay, all right. Yeah. 
Um, hey, I wanted to briefly close on this, and um, you know, I'll leave a link in the podcast in case anybody wants to check out. Uh, good, good story in the club's dispatch. It is a subscriber only story. Again, I understand people have concerns about Penguins news, poor news, but hey, we're very support local journalists on this um, podcast. We're all journalists ourselves. Check it out. I think the latest deal is a dollar for three months of coverage for. Um, you know, news for the Columbus Dispatch. But that aside, good story. Check it out. Uh, it's kind of detailing some of the latest in Ohio's efforts to bring broadband uh, to people in rural areas. Um, yeah, definitely check it out. It, it costs money, and I guess that's my only concern. But, you know, we've had guests from, like, Rachel Coyle and other people to say, hey, look, we're in a place right now where we need broadband. Um, you know, I think some of the reality of what COVID faced, uh, some of where we're probably headed after COVID, with more telemedicine and everything else. So it's good to see Ohio do that. And it'll be good to see how they can make broadband better, not just if you live in rural areas, but even broadband better for those of us like Brandon and I who live in more urban areas. So it should be interesting. Uh, check that out. Uh, we, could, we can talk about that another time. Uh, anything else going on today you guys want to throw out there? No. <laughs> Very quick no from Craig. Brandon, anything <laughs> else going on in your life? Uh, nothing I want to share. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, segue, because before we end, I got to gripe just a little bit. Um, okay, this podcast isn't big enough. I mean, I'm not going to single-handedly ruin Wendy's by talking about Wendy's, but I, I felt I got to talk about this for a few minutes at the end. All right. Wendy's, I've always been a fan of for a variety of reasons. Uh, Dave Thomas, I didn't know Dave Thomas personally, but Dave Thomas always seemed to be a, a generally good guy. Uh, my family, we're, we've adopted one. We're considering going through an adoption process on another. We're very open with adoption. We're, we have open heart to people who go for adoption. Um you know, Dave Thomas ran a adoption program for a long time here in Central Ohio and other parts of the country. Uh, Dave Thomas tried to do Wendy's differently. Um, I don't know if Dave Thomas was Christian, but, you know, there was a nice, more family. It, it wasn't like Chick-fil-A, but there was a more family atmosphere there. I've heard places that played Christian music, and it, it was kind of a more a faith-based place without making controversial comments like you hear at Chick-fil-A or whatever. It's a very pro-Wendy's, a lot of nice family things to go with Wendy's. Well, sadly, Dave Thomas passed, and Wendy's has, in my opinion, gone the way of McDonald's and everywhere else, where you sit there and say, okay, we're still making money, we don't have to pay people a lot of money, so what do we expect from people? Here's my gripe, and this has happened three or four times in central Ohio where Wendy's is freaking based. Um, you know, Thursday, it was a rough week last week for everybody. Um, a lot of snow days. My family was home. Family wanted to be back in school. So Thursday night, I work from home. I tell my family, hey, let's go take a drive. We'll take a drive. We'll go through a drive through get some food, eat in the car. Well, my, my family likes Wendy's. We go for Wendy's. Uh, we go for the drive through line. They immediately tell us, hey, it's, it might be a while. We're shorting people tonight. And right then, it should have been like, all right, let's drive to the next place. But but we, we decided to wait it out. We waited. They made us pull over. You know how, like, if the food's not ready when you go through and pick it up? We waited literally a half hour. Mm. A half hour. Somebody comes out, and they give us the wrong food. And they're like, and my wife's like, no, we ordered, it was like a biggie bag or whatever the food was. And, and the little kid, he seemed like to be 12 when he came out. He was like, are you sure you ordered that? Yes, we're sure. We know what we want. We already waited a half hour. We waited another 15 minutes. Yeah. We're driving away. And, you know, hey, I'm a finicky eater. My kids are finicky eaters. We This biggie bag had a chicken sandwich. It was like this. We said plain chicken. It was this chicken BLT combo. It had, like, sauce all over it, cheese. It was like, that's not even what was part of your order and everything. So we're ticked off enough where we call and we say, hey, some get messed up. Oh, we gave you the wrong food. So we, we were tired enough where they offered us more food. We went back and got the other food, and it was fine. I'm Guys, I'm flustered. Um, 
you know, I know fast food, fast food, but Wendy's has always seemed to give a better treatment and a better experience. Like they're like, hey, we're not McDonald's, we're Wendy's. But Wendy's is McDonald's. Wendy's has just gone downhill. I mean, have you guys had similar experience, or are you smart and you eat better food than I do? I don't know. I've never had any issues like that at a Wendy's, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I guess everybody has a bad day, and, and maybe that was just a bad day. I don't know if it's a if it's a, a trend for them, but you know, seems everybody has a bad day. Maybe they're short staffed. Was it busy there? I mean, were there a lot of cars in line at the drive through? No, and, and literally, and again, I'm not going to gripe. I mean, we're not going to gripe on the podcast every time we have one bad experience. It's been three or four in the past. Um, what do you call it? You know, three or four in the past, probably a couple months, and it's just. And again, again, you're eating Wendy's. You're not eating fine dining cuisine. You know they're not paying Wendy's people that much. I, I mean, honestly, we gripe about sometimes about, oh, we don't make enough of our jobs. Can you imagine? Okay, you're in COVID. You're driving to a place probably making nine bucks an hour. You're working late night. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're probably not going to put forward your best effort. I mean, I, I get that and all of that, but I don't know. Brandon, are you a Wendy's guy? I I dig their breakfast or some of the breakfast items, um, no. but I, I don't eat out as much. Uh, partly because of my diet, and partly because it's it costs a lot. It does add up a little yeah. bit when you go out to eat all the time. But and it's of course not the most healthiest, not the healthiest food out there. But um, you know, if you're experiencing like three to four bad experiences at a particular location, go somewhere else. Go to a different location. There's like I I, I love how. On Reddit, Columbus Reddit, there's always this talk of the BK on Fifth, and it's called that. Like it's almost a name. They really just changed the sign and just call it the BK on Fifth because it's notoriously. They just love people love it for being notoriously bad. Uh, it is. Um, my wife and I went through it because we were going on our way to a, a brewery nearby, and she likes to get some something something she can eat because she's vegan now. But they messed up her sandwich order. It was just, it was wonderful. Um, um, but that's, you know, so there are locations that are not every, not every Wendy's is equal. I would say there are some locations that are going to be great, and there are some locations that are going to be terrible. Ironically, I mean, like I remember going to a Burger King up in the Pal area, and it was the worst experience of my life because uh, this this. Young, this young guy, cashier guy, you know, I, he, I, um, my wife ordered before me, I believe, and I put my order in at next, um, because we paid separate that time, and um, I got my order first, Chris. That was how yeah. messed up it was, and um, and then like this guy was just he had such a bad work ethic attitude, like um, got got into a little t- fight, a little argument with his boss, like when can I when can I smoke. <laughs> And the guy says, "Not until your break. There are no snow breaks. No, there are no smoke breaks. You know, I think Wendy's actually does offer employees smoke breaks at least at one point. Wow. But um, that they might have changed it. But this this guy, then he kind of try to go around and get tips from people. And technically, I I get that you're a minimum wage worker, but you're not supposed to. You're not. You're not supposed right. to be t- a minimum wage worker. Is not supposed to be tipped. I mean, I when I was when I was one, I would try hard to give it back because I was like, look, I'm being paid. I'm being paid like." the federally minimum wage job. And I, I'm not supposed to, I'm not tipped worker, you know, save that for service workers who do come out and actually serve you food. Um, but yeah, that was up in the suburb suburbs. And like I say, not all locations are equal. Some locations are franchised, franchise owned. They're not owned by the corporate center. So, um, you know, some kind of, kind of use that I think do be a journalist, I guess, and do a little research on which, which locations are owned by the corporate office and which ones are owned by the, maybe by a franchise owner. And they might, that might tell you what kind of quality is behind it or not. Is what well, I will, what I got. Well, only here's the crazy thing. Each of the four bad experiences have happened at different Wendy's. Now maybe they're all owned by the same franchisee, but you know, it was a two in Westerville and one up near player small. I mean, I'll that say would it. surprise me. Those are because they're so close to each other. They could be a franchise. They very but, well could be. But because the uh, thing that kind of, is kind of weird about it too, and I used to think this way, like 
okay, if, if it's a Wendy's in Oregon, like if we're based in Oregon and everything, you might say, well, it's really far away. But when do you think, and again, if you're a hourly employee at Wendy's, you probably don't give a crap, and that's part of the problem. But if you're managing a place like that, wouldn't you be kind of freaked out because the headquarters of Wendy's is based here in Columbus? Like, wouldn't you sit here and go, hey, there's probably a chance that some higher up is just hanging out, checking out Wendy's, making sure you're doing your stuff okay? You, you would think, like, the Wendy's around where the headquarters is would be running tip-top shape, right? Um, well, there's a lot of bureaucracy between uh, headquarters and um, – I mean, I, I when I was working at the uh, McDonald's up in Westerville, I mean, they had what were called district managers. And obviously, McDonald's not based in Columbus, but, um, you know, the district managers – they had a certain. They had their own goals and their own minds, and they could. They were very heavy-handed, involved in some ways, uh, micromanaging almost. Um, and that changes a little bit when you shift over to a franchise model, where you it's more like a, a mom and pop business, where um, they they have more immediate impact on change, but they also can craft the culture to be what it is, and it might not be a good culture. Um, yeah. But obviously. Um, you think of it, whether it's a franchise or corporate, yeah, you would think like, oh, there's more opportunity for higher-ups to drive around. And, but who knows? Maybe higher-ups don't even eat the food. Who who knows? Yeah, um, it, it's hard to say. I don't know. It's like maybe, you know, it's a paycheck for them at the end of the day. And they're focused on just promoting and doing different uh, business ideas like the breakfast rollout they did. Um, and um, um, Wendy's has done an interesting job of trying to stay – relevant in the fast food industry i think they've done slightly better than mcdonald's has because um and but because it's it's always strange how like uh you know those new soda type machines you go in and there's like you can get three different multiple types of combinations of sodas or whatever mcdonald's hasn't really embraced that uh as far as i can see in columbus just saying something because columbus is a food test market place it's always been like where you can get uh, uh, a rare kind of sandwich. So I'm just strange. It's strange that McDonald's hasn't jumped that jump on that bandwagon yet. Cause Burger King and Mondays have, have done so. And they've changed out the layout of their stores and try to make it feel more modern and, and uh, aesthetically pleasing. So, um, and it's just try to, it's kind of convoluted with the way they try to set up the ordering system with self ordering and regular ordering and mobile pickup. Um, then the, Food industry's really been disrupted and really kind of became a hot mess in general just because of of, of technology. Yeah, and it, it's tough. And, and you know, I, it, it's forced my family, not just the bad service, but just like the cost, the, you know, even if the food's done great, you know, it's not the best food for you, healthily wise. But, you know, it's hard. I mean, both, both our, us are working, my wife and I. And, you know, like we went to a social distance church event. We gather at 7 o'clock. And my wife's like, well, should I go home and make supper? I'm like, well, we got 14 to 8-year-old in the back, and it's already 7. I mean, it's probably better to pick up something, you know. So it, it's tough, man. It, I don't know. I, I, I just I get disappointed because I, I still eat McDonald's more than I should, but you should expect. You know what you get when you go to McDonald's. Uh, talk about, I always joke about, you know, you spend the next half hour in the bathroom after you go to Taco Bell. You know what you get. I I get disappointed when somebody like Wendy's who advertises a better food and better service seems to have gotten <clears throat> its repair and stuff. But maybe we should move to Fremont. Brandon. The Wendy's there are golden. They're great. That could be your next marketing play for come to Fremont. I mean, I know that's not your job as a journalist. Brandon. Fremont, <laughs> I mean, we got Greg. better Wendy. Yeah, <laughs> but, but but if you guys ever do like this marketing, like or, or like if you're covering the Chamber of Commerce doing a marketing pitch, yeah, maybe yeah. that's their should be their marketing pitch. We got yeah. the best Wendy's in the freaking world. How about that? Definitely. Sounds good. Well, that's all I got for today. And again, I I don't know me griping on the Highlands probably not going to change Wendy's mind or anything. But yeah, if you're out there and you're probably you may be a food worker that's pounding your dashboard, going that stupid Chris, why is he yelling at us? Hey, open invitation. If you're a fast food worker, come on, defend yourself, and, and we'll grill you. It'll be great. Like you should be grilling the burgers, which you don't. Jeez. 
crap. All right, I feel better now. The world's a better place. I griped about Wendy's for 10 minutes. That's great. Well, hey, thanks for checking out the Highland. We appreciate it. Again, we're, we're blown away. We, we appreciate all the support. Again, keep sharing the podcast. Keep um, subscribing. Um, and <clears throat> keep um, visiting our sponsors. Um, it's great. Again, my maturity is uh, all-time high because I'm looking right at Brandon as I'm saying that. And I'm not cracking up. But check out our sponsors, um, Chase Bank, Dropbox, uh, the Mainly Man Company, Caribbean Apparel. Buy stuff from there. It'll support us and make us all happy. So thanks for checking out. Have a great day. We'll see you again tomorrow. Have a good one, guys. Bye-bye.